0: And so the research that I conducted discovered that two-thirds of customers say that speed is as important as price. Combined with some other findings in the data, what we've concluded is that responsiveness and speed is the single most important element of customer experience.
1: You're listening to the Authority Builder Podcast, I'm Steve Gordon for the first five years this podcast was known as the unstoppable ceo podcast the episode you're about to hear uses that name but don't worry you're in the right place same great content new name enjoy welcome to the unstoppable ceo podcast i'm your host steve gordon and let me tell you today we got an amazing interview Uh, I'm, i'm so privileged to have our our guests back with us today for a second interview on the podcast Uh, I'm talking with Jay Baer, and if you don't know Jay, he is a customer experience and digital marketing pioneer, uh, literally one of the first in the space and has led it for uh, now almost 30 years. Uh, He's an expert advisor, a researcher, and an analyst. Uh, He spent the last 30 years helping the world's most iconic brands gain and keep more customers and uh jay's got a great story He's a seventh generation entrepreneur he's written six best selling books and founded five multi-million dollar companies Uh, he's also an inductee into the halls of fame for professional speaking and word of mouth marketing and the creator of multiple award-winning podcasts and he is also one of just two i guess the top two influencers in tequila. And I can't wait to hear that part of the story. But today we're going to be talking about speed and the importance of speed in business. Jay Baer, welcome back to the podcast.
0: Thanks, my friend. Great to be here. It's kind of ironic that, yes, I've got a bunch of new research on speed and its impact on business success. And, and overall consumer patience. At the same time, uh, tequila is one of the slowest things that you can actually make in the world of alcoholic <laughs> spirits. Uh, and agave takes seven years to reach maturity before it's harvested, and then it's gone, right? It's, it's not like grapes where every year you get more grapes. You wait seven years, you harvest it, and then you got to start over. So it's actually quite a labor intensive and time intensive process.
1: Well, and I feel like when you consume tequila, it tends to slow things down in
0: the world anyway. (laughs) It changes your perception of time. That's it. That's it. That's
1: it. So, uh, you know, last time we talked, uh, you had just published uh, Talk Triggers, which Mm -hmm. was a huge success around word of mouth marketing, and you're back with some new research around the impact of time on uh, customer acquisition and, and customer happiness. Give us a little bit of update, what's happened over the last couple of years and what what kind of brought you to focus on, on this topic?
0: What's funny is that all the books I've written to date have included at least a chapter on speed. It's been something I've been interested in a long time, but this is definitely my deepest dive into the subject. There's a whole research report and infographics and videos at thetimetowin.com. And the reason I decided to go down this road is I had a simple observation that ended up being a lot of nuance to it. Which is that the pandemic changed how we think about time. It, it made us all realize that nothing is guaranteed and nothing is promised, and consequently, all the big trends that we've talked about in business over the last I don't know six to twelve months, things like the great resignation and quiet quitting, and and the combination of business and leisure travel, leisure travel as it's called, uh, work from home and childcare, and uh, you know fewer people going to higher education. All of those trends are actually literally the same trend, which is that we care more about time and how we spend it than we did in the past. What we've realized is that each of us has just 1,440 minutes a day, period. And you can't get more and you can't make more. Time is literally the only resource that we all share equally. It doesn't matter if you're Elon Musk or someone experiencing homelessness, it doesn't matter if you're an American or Venezuelan, a grandfather or grandson, We all have those 1,440 minutes and that's it, period. And so we've all decided like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be so frivolous about, well, we'll just do it tomorrow. It doesn't matter if it takes too long or we don't care. And so the research that I conducted discovered that two-thirds of customers say that speed is as important as price combined with some other findings in the data, what we've concluded is that responsiveness and speed is the single most important element of customer experience. And I will tell you, and you all know, businesses don't treat it that way, at least not very often. And it's a real opportunity.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. So I mean, you and I both know the businesses that we interact with half the time, the, the frustration comes from not being able to get the answer you want when you want it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, you know, and not only is it in a customer service context like that, where you're, you're an existing customer and, and you need information and it takes longer than you expect, which has huge negative impacts on, on customer loyalty and revenue. But it's even as important, if not more important in the customer acquisition scenario. Okay, here's what happens. This happened to me not long ago, and this won't be a, an, an unfamiliar tale to most of you. I, I needed to get a painter. So I call three painters as one does, you know, I don't know what painting costs. Let's talk to three people. One painter got back to me in four hours, Steve. Second painter got back to me in a day. Third painter got back to me in two days. Which painter did I hire? The one that got back to you first. The one that got back to me first. He was not the least expensive. In fact, he was the most expensive. But that doesn't really matter because of this simple truth if it takes them a long time to get back to you before they have your money, how long will it take them to get back to you once they already have your money, right? So this idea that responsiveness creates revenue is absolutely true. But here's the insidious part for business. This is the part that I think is really, really important to understand. Painter two and painter three, who didn't get the business, don't know why. They didn't ask me. The natural human inclination is to assume what? You were too expensive. Yeah, low, too expensive, yeah, They found somebody lower. Yep. They found somebody lower. So what do they do? Next time they get a bid, they drop their price a little bit, but they're still just as slow. So they don't get hired again. The next time they drop their price again, still don't get it. So what they do is they basically throw away all their profit because they don't understand the actual problem is not price, it's speed. When you don't win on speed, typically that's invisible to the business, which makes it even harder to put the appropriate emphasis on it inside the organization.
1: You know, we've worked with folks in real estate for a number of years. And, you know, they they'll talk they've talked about this since before the pandemic, when they would get leads from someplace like Zillow or Realtor.com. And it was always the whoever got to that lead first that typically got the lead and and we're talking responding within, you know, seconds, you know, if not, you know, single digit minutes to, to get the connection there. It sounds like what, what you found is that that trend has, has really kind of permeated all of business and
0: all of society. Absolutely. And and you nailed it. It's been fairly common in the last, I don't know, I'm going to say three to five years in, in your big ticket businesses. So real estate and auto have kind of been at the forefront of this idea. And to some degree insurance, right? think thinking about Progressive and Geico and you'll save 15% in six minutes or whatever it is, right? Same kind of an idea. So some of those categories have been on the speed train for a while, but largely it's not, and I don't wanna portray it as like, most companies don't think it's important. They do think it's important. They just don't think it's important enough. But now people are starting to realize like, oh, this actually matters. It might matter more than anything else. It certainly, in two-thirds of the cases, matters more than price. So where should, you know, if, if I'm a
1: business owner listening to this, there's lots of forms of speed. Uh, yeah, speed, the right. responsiveness to an inquiry is one, but where should they begin to prioritize?
0: Let me, let me touch on another principle before I answer that one exactly. I want to make sure that we don't have, as the key takeaway here, just get faster. Should you get faster? Yeah, probably. But speed at all costs has a cost. Here's what I mean by that. Last night, literally last night, I went to a Mexican food place in San Diego. I'm out here for a couple of weeks uh, on semi-holiday. Ordered some enchiladas. They brought me the enchiladas, no joke, in like 90 seconds. And I was really flummoxed by that. I said, how do you make enchiladas that quickly? Like, is there an enchilada machine? Did somebody else already order these? They sent them back and they're up there on on that hot shelf and waited for the next guy to order them. Like, these enchiladas are suspiciously rapid. There is a point at which you can be too fast. You don't want to be the fastest tattoo artist. In Tulsa, Oklahoma, you don't probably want to be known as the fastest eye surgeon or the fastest divorce attorney. Like there are scenarios when being too fast actually hurts your business because it decays trust. So what you want in every customer interaction throughout the totality of the customer journey from from interest and awareness all the way through to loyalty and advocacy at every touch point. What you want is what I call the right now the right now and the right now is the optimal amount of elapsed time for your business and your category it's the goldilocks zone of speed now the right now is going to vary based on category right you expect a barber to be faster than a cardiologist in most cases the right now will vary by company positioning, right? There are organizations that are built around speed. That's like their whole thing, like Lemonade, the, the AI-assisted insurance startup. They process claims in three seconds. That's their thing, like they they kind of have to own it. And the right now will, will change over time. It wasn't that long ago, <laughs> it wasn't that long ago that the US government gave out a contract for a coast-to-coast mail delivery to like the original stagecoach. And the service level agreement their promise steve was that we will deliver a piece of mail from saint louis to san francisco in just 25 days and people were (laughs) like amazed how can you possibly do that right so it changes over time so what you've got to do in your own business is figure out what is the right now for you and it is slightly faster than customers expect that's what the right now is slightly faster than they expect. So the best thing you can do as a business is to first of all, figure out how long does it take you now? Because most companies don't know, other than anecdote, how long does it actually take you to do everything? And then change some things so that you can be faster, see what impact that has on your customer at each touch point and start to dial it in at, at every part of the journey.
1: Yeah, I think that, that's, I think, really well put. So to me, that, that's a challenging thing to try and figure out. without really- some time getting into the mind of your customer and what what are their expectations, you know, and, and probably f- sort of fine tuning that. I know we found that in our own, you know, del- service delivery, there are things that if you deliver them too fast, it's not that it erodes the trust as much as it does, it confuses the customers because they get too many, you know, inputs at yep. once, you know, as One we're extent. delivering this long, you know, Absolutely. this long kind of service. So, um, as you've worked with businesses
0: to try and implement this, what are some of the real key questions to be asking? Well, as I mentioned, the first key question is how long does it take today? And you would yeah. think that's self-evident, but it's not. I ask so many executives, well, how long does it take you to deliver your furniture today? Well, usually it takes somewhere between four and six days. I'm like, well, that's not data. That's a collection of anecdotes. Like we, we need to actually know what's the median, what's the mean and do that kind of analysis. And most companies simply don't do that. So that's a great place to start then figure out a way to to talk to customers to say, okay, well, what if it was a little faster? How would you feel? Or even do it in a test scenario. Say, okay, we're going to take 10% of our customers and we're going to find a way to deliver their furniture in two days and then measure the impact on, on loyalty and advocacy and lifetime value, those kind of things, which again, it is not simple, but is very doable and is worth the time. But one of the things that we found in the research that I think you'll you'll love is this idea that some customers really cherish instantaneous results and others don't care as much. We all care about speed. There's almost no customers like whatever, get back to me whenever you want. But some customers are super into it. So what the research finds is that 25% of your customers will pay up to 50% more if they never have to wait. So you do the math on that, 25%, 50%, it's a 12 and a half percent overall revenue lift. So one of the big recommendations that I work with businesses on is how can they offer a fast pass? And and we see this around us, right? Disney does it. pay more, you don't have to wait. TSA Pre and Clear at the airport are both fast passes. Pay more, don't have to wait. But literally every business should have a fast pass. Consultancy should have a fast pass. We got three projects in front of you. You want to be first, it's going to cost you more. A doctor should have a fast pass. A barber should have a fast pass. A sports bar should have a fast pass. It doesn't matter what business you're in. You should find a way to offer that segment of your customers the opportunity to not wait and then charge them more for the privilege. It's amazing what that can do for your revenue.
1: Well, and not only revenue, but I would imagine almost all of that increase falls to the bottom line. So you're actually probably increasing profit by multiples of that, that 12 and a half Yeah, because percent. you're not
0: really doing much more. You're just, you're just right. changing the sequencing. That's exactly right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's so smart.
0: What are some of the other findings out of the research? One of the things that blew me away, absolutely blew me away is we asked all the respondents and this is serious research isn't just like I asked some friends. This is more than 2000 respondents normalized to the census, you know, two and a half percent variance. This is this is a, a real project. And we asked the respondents and we segmented them by age, by generation. How, how much patience do you have for business? How long do you expect businesses to get, take to get back to you, et cetera? So we broke it up by Gen Z, millennials, Gen X, which is me, and boomers. My assumption, and almost everybody I've spoken to assume this, the same, is that Gen Z, the youngest consumers, including my kids, would be the least patient because they grew up with technology, they grew up in a world of instantaneous everything. Turns out, It's the exact opposite. The most patient generation is Gen Z. The least patient generation, boomers. Did not see that coming. Uh, And and so I guess the question is why, and I don't know the answer. Maybe boomers got less time left, so the time they have counts more. I don't know, that seems kind of maudlin, but maybe. Uh, And maybe Gen Z doesn't have as many uh, licenses on their time today, so it doesn't matter if some of their time is wasted. I don't exactly know. But I didn't see that that uh, that finding come. Does that surprise you
1: uh, now that you say it, it doesn't surprise me as much because now I'm thinking about boomers that I know and they're all pretty impatient. And I, <laughs> <laughs> so what's interesting about that is that the with the Gen Z folks that I've interacted with, they care a lot about time freedom, but they don't necessarily value the, the individual. Yeah, the elapsed time, the minutes as they go by, um, but Boomers, particularly those who have been successful, place a high value on time because they've had a lot of it wasted in the past.
0: Yeah, I think that's exactly it. We didn't ask the question just that way. And now I kind of wish we would have uh, because it was such a surprising finding. I wish we could have dug in uh, a little bit in, in terms of like what is behind this, but we'll do it uh, in the next I- edition of the of the research. It was it was pretty fascinating. The other thing that we found which surprised me. Is, is that of course, customers have different expectations for response time for different channels, right? They, they expect a text message reply faster than an email reply, that, that's not news. But even for contact mechanisms, which you would think are not very urgent. So for example, uh, a contact us form on a website. I think it's reasonable to suggest that most people would say in the business community, well, if somebody's using a contact us form, It's probably not that critical because if it was, they'd do something different, right? They'd call us, they'd hit us up on Twitter, they'd use a different channel if it was that important. Yeah, sounds reasonable, but it turns out 67% of customers, so fully two thirds, expect a reply to a contact us form within 24 hours and a quarter expect a reply within four hours and I know you know this to be true, there's a heck of a lot of businesses out there that are not responding to contact us forums routinely within one day, and certainly not within four hours. And so this idea that there are some contact mechanisms that quote unquote don't really matter as much doesn't actually hold water mathematically. You kind of have to be fast everywhere.
1: You know, it it seems like it, and just kind of thinking through this, I would imagine there's sort of a digital response time so if I contact you in any way digitally I'm I'm wanting the response back really quickly if I'm contacting you any way that's not digital maybe I give you a little more uh kind of leeway and uh, I'll never forget the first boss I ever had um, this is 1994 we didn't have the internet yet at the company so the fastest means of communication was a fax machine yeah and the founder of the company just hated the fax machine. He said, you know, before we plugged that thing into the wall, the fastest thing anybody could do to us was a FedEx. And I had 48 hours. Yep. Now I got to respond the same afternoon. It messes so up true. my day.
0: I remember that I was, a, I was an intern. And when those, when those things uh, first, first came out and I, the same response, right. I was like, wow, we we've got to be on top of it. The worst thing about the fax machine though, was the initial fax machines the the curly paper? Oh yeah, yeah that that thing was ridiculous. They had to like iron out your faxes to be able to read them. It was like an Egyptian scroll. It was
1: bad news. Yeah, absolutely. Well, but that that really was the start of hey, we've got to start you know. Speed matters. Responding
0: yeah. intraday, you know. Yeah. That speed is actually a competitive advantage, right? Until then, I would argue that, that you know, in most cases, speed wasn't a competitive advantage because everybody was going to be slow. Uh, but but now, it it truly is a way that you can be the best in your category, and customers uh, will, will care about it. I mean, the, the data is pretty shocking. Uh, when, when you are faster than a customer expects you to be, okay, almost six in 10 customers say they feel appreciated. Uh, six in ten customers say they'll spend more money. Uh, almost ninety percent of customers say that speed impacts their loyalty to a brand. I mean, it's just like one finding after another, like bam, 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 bam. It it really does. Uh, it really does matter, and and hopefully companies will take this to heart and, and look a little deeper in terms of their own speed and, and how they're going about it. Of course, one of the fastest ways to be fast is to not require customers to ask the question at all, right? Is to be better at self-serve information, and have better opportunities for customers to find answers without contacting somebody, being more proactive with your communication to customers. Uh, that, that can be a huge, uh, a huge win. In fact, I got a little story on that if you don't mind. There's a, a moving company in Texas called square cow movers and they're a good business they they're in uh houston dallas uh austin san antonio i think the big four and and you know they run a good outfit and their owner wade lombard was kind of confused because they were getting a bunch of negative customer reviews and like, why well, don't why are we getting this negativity we're really good we gotta be among the best movers around so he did a smart thing he, he went in and analyzed all that all the negativity the reviews looked at some customer emails talked to some sales reps etc and he discovered that most of the customers weren't really unhappy about moving. Not, not, it wasn't like they broke a piano or, you know, ripped a sofa or didn't show up. It wasn't really that, it was all this peripheral stuff. It was like, oh, I didn't know my cat couldn't be there. Or I didn't know I had to trim that branch above my driveway so the truck could get in. Or I didn't know I had to move my car. You know, I, I didn't know I had to pack the dishes this particular way, it was all this stuff. And that was even more confusing to Wade because he said, we already told him this stuff. Because see, when you book a move, you get a welcome kit in the mail. And then like a week out, you get an email that's kind of got some reminders. And the night before you get a text message with some reminders. He thought he had it licked, but then he had an epiphany. He realized that by definition, 100% of his customers are moving. And when you move, you're a crazy person, right? You're completely stressed out. You're confused. You're like, there's just a lot on your plate. And so he realized, that his customers were either not reading the stuff or kind of skimming it and it wasn't sinking in because they had too many other things in their mind. So he said, okay, here's what we're gonna do. From now on, we double everything. So instead of sending one welcome kit, they send two. Instead of sending one email, they send two. You know, different days, slightly different copy. Instead of sending one text message, they send two. They literally just doubled all the communication and all the complaints went away and customer satisfaction went up. Sometimes if you just proactively inform the customers more, that takes all your pain away because that is the fastest you can possibly be. right? Proactive is the fastest. And so I asked him the question that you're probably thinking right now. Hey, don't customers get annoyed by you sending all this stuff? And he told me something I will never forget. Jay, I've yet to have a customer say, please stop informing me so well. And I think there's a good lesson in there for lots of us, lots of us.
1: Yeah, I think not only is that a great lesson and a great way to, to think about it, Um, I bet an awful lot of those customers didn't even realize
0: they got duplicate communication. Oh, exactly. Because again, they're not even noticing it, right? Or they're barely skimming it. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And that's like, you think about how many companies just sort of assume you're going to read it. You know, your auto finance guys, your bank, your insurance company, your stockbroker, whatever, they're just firing off emails like "Ah, We did our part. We sent you the email, you know, just assuming that you will read it and, and follow the instructions and click the thing or whatever. Uh, especially in a world where everybody's got a giant overflowing inbox, I think it's dangerous to assume that customers are going to take action in any individual email.
1: Well, and I, th- I think what he did there is really important. We were actually just having this conversation internally with our team of making sure that you're you're getting inside not just the mind, but kind of the the experience of the customer. Put yourself in their shoes and and actually have empathy for where they are in life that the day that whatever communication arrives because until you get into that experience we all like to sit i think back in our in our little businesses and go well i sent the thing and and i've experienced it from
0: my end they must experience it the way i do and that never happens it's so true. And I think that it's smart to do multimodal as well, right? To not just send a bunch of emails send email and direct mail and text. It's, it's really wise to, to mix your, your, your mechanism for customers. It's funny what you say though, is experience it through the customer's eyes. I used to say this all the time to people. So you know who advertises in tennis magazine companies that make tennis products and CMOs who play tennis because they assume that all their customers play tennis because they play tennis and all their friends play tennis. So of course everybody plays tennis, right? It's like, you know, you, you sort of see your problem through through the prism of your own uh, experiences. And sometimes that can be a dangerous set of assumptions.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, um, you know, now we I think we've given the audience uh, kind of a big picture thing to think about here in terms of speed. Are there a few kind of first steps? Like if you're counseling a company, here are the first three things that, that you really want to look at right away. What,
0: what are those first kind of three key areas of the business? Absolutely. Uh, first thing is, is to do the the math and figure out how long does it take you today? We talked about sort of each of your mm-hmm. each of your customer journey steps and, and, and what does it take uh, you to execute on those right now? Second thing is to be as consistent as possible even if you're not as slow or I should say, even if you're not as fast as would be ideal, you're better off being slightly slower and consistent than than, than faster every once in a while and slower every once in a while, because then the customer experience itself has so much variance in it that it creates a lot of challenges for your own business um, and and from your own people. Uh, Recently, I was in um, Los Angeles at a hotel doing a little mastermind, with some friends of mine and we were gonna get room service. And the guy whose room it was said, no, nah, man, we can't get room service. I tried to get it yesterday and it took like 90 minutes. We don't have that kind of time. Let's just go to the restaurant across the street. And so we did. Now that hotel probably lost, I don't know, like five dudes lunch plus, you know, waters and all that plus tip and it's probably 200 bucks, right? They probably lost $200 on that and they never will find out why they will have no evidence that they didn't get that business. Now, I suspect that that hotel's room service is not typically 90 minutes, if that was an outlier. Somebody was sick, oven didn't work, like wheel broke on the cart, like, I don't know why, but I I can't believe it's always 90 minutes. But in that case, it was. And that variance is what then cost them the business down the road. So trying to reduce your variances actually will help a lot, even if it's not as fast yet as you want it to be. So it's the second tip. And the third one, I would really uh, start working on this FastPass idea to really think about, okay, there's gotta be a way that we can let people jump the line if we charge them more money. It'll take some time to kind of think through how that works operationally, but it's certainly something that you should start on now.
1: Yeah, I think for a lot of businesses, that's actually the easiest thing to implement. You know, particularly yeah. for service businesses you, all you've got to do is say here's our backlog and if you want to be at the front of the line you know it's x you know maybe you've got to have have a challenging conversation with another client but usually you don't usually you can accommodate
0: well um, and in the consulting business as you well know a lot of times the client thinks they can be ready but then when you start doing the project they've got to spend more time internally than they thought and the whole thing slows down and so if you say you know We've got these other guys who are ready, ready to go. Is it okay if we push you out thirty days? They're probably like, "Oh yes, please, thank you."
1: Yeah, right. They, they, they'd rather because they've got too much homework to do. That's right. So yeah, so I think for a lot of businesses, that's an that's kind of low hanging fruit to just go grab some profitability that actually could fund improving all of the other systems.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking about faster. doing a, a report or a book or something or a uh, series of case studies just on that idea of, of businesses that are now going to start offering fast passes and how that works. I think it's a really interesting concept that a lot of people can can use.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So where can people go and find the research and and uh, yeah. where can they find more about how you're you're helping companies implement this stuff? You
0: bet uh, the time to win Thetimetowin.com is the dedicated website for the research. There's infographics, there's videos, there's key findings, there's the report itself. Uh, please check it out. You'll love it. And then my site is jbear.com, B-A-E-R.com. And if you're on Instagram, look me up, tequila j bear, tequila j bear for all the tequila information and reviews
1: you need. Yeah, and someday we'll have to do a podcast on how you became the number two
0: tequila influencer <laughs> in the world. Yeah, it's nice. It was it was helpful, you know, helping companies with digital marketing for for three decades. It certainly, certainly took some lessons. Yeah, I bet.
1: Well, Jay, hey, thanks for investing some time with me. Uh, these are great, uh, great data points and great insights for companies. And uh, I know that you being here and sharing it's going to help a lot of people. So thanks for being here.
0: My pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity.
1: Thanks for listening to the Authority Builder Podcast. Here are three ways you can expand your authority. Number one, get a copy of the Million Dollar Book. In it, I show you how to multiply your authority by writing a best-selling book in less than 90 days guaranteed. After all, you're the best spokesperson for your ideas. Go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash book and get your copy. Number two, join me for an upcoming Write Your Million Dollar Book Accelerator and let's jumpstart your authority building book now. For upcoming dates, go to authoritybuilderpodcast.com slash accelerator. And number three, work with me and my team to get your book done and bringing in business. Email me at steve at authoritybuilderpodcast.com and put I want to write a book in the subject line. See you soon.